Thanks for listening to the Dearest Doula podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Sines, and this is episode 111. Hello and welcome, dearest doula community. I'm really excited to introduce you to today's guest. She has been in private practice since 1999, offering Oha Shiatsu bodywork and Asian medicine based on the five element theory. She specializes in birth, fear, and trauma, fertility, pregnancy, postpartum, and menopause. And she's also the president and founder of BirthLink, serving families in childbirth and family wellness in the Chicago area and beyond. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show Miss Joanne Lindbergh. How are you today, Joanne? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Well, I've given our listeners just a really brief introduction. So why don't you take a moment to tell us just a little more about yourself? Um, well, in relation to the body work, I, I am what you would call a reluctant healer. Mm-hmm. I never dreamed I would become a professional Asian body work practitioner in my wildest. And I actually kind of, um, I consider it sort of divinely led, but you could also call it accidental. <laughs> I was um, a marketing consulting um, person at the time and was looking for clients. And I noticed in a small local publication that there was a school right in my backyard, basically. Um, and I was curious about it after I read the blurb that that talked about um, how this actual modality worked. And so I contacted them and within a couple of weeks, their their quarterly free introduction was coming up and they said, oh, come by and take a look. And I thought, well, okay, fine. Maybe I'll get them as a client. And um, I you know, think free workshops are always fun. So I went and I absolutely fell in love with this. I had no idea it was going to impact me in such a significant way. But even at that time, I was still only thinking about doing it as a hobby, family and friends kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And one thing to uh, led to another, and here I am today um, doing what I would consider the most satisfying and gratifying type of work that I've ever discovered in my life. And I actually um, visited Japan in 2011 and uh, was was completely um, convinced that uh, I had some kind of ancestry there somewhere along the line way back. Mm-hmm. Okay, awesome. <laughs> well, that's so great to hear that you've really found your your calling in life and that you're feeling so fulfilled. Um, I love hearing that. And so what I'd like to do next is really dive right into today's topic, and that is covering the history and benefits of shiatsu. Now, This show is really created for that new and prospective birth worker. And because we don't know um, what knowledge base, if any, they might have on today's topic, I'd like to start kind of going back to the basics. So if you wouldn't mind just kind of outlining, maybe first off, a brief definition and then the history of shiatsu, I think that'd be a great place to start. Okay. So um, shiatsu is a Japanese, and its actual literal translation is finger pressure. But um, uh, obviously, with um, the fact that it's 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 been around for so long, maybe people know more about it based on the term acupressure. Acupressure is kind of the Western um, 
Americanized name for shiatsu. Uh, while it 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 still originated in Japan, um, it's it's changed and all kinds of things have happened to it based on who's practicing it and what they believe and how much in depth they get into the actual um, diagnosis and oriental medicine techniques. But of, of course, um, everything really uh, e came out of China. So back in, um, you know, very, very, very long ago, in, um, you know, the periods when it was relatively peaceful and the lords had lots of time on their hands. And so they developed all kinds of um, uh, amazing arts and um, medicine. And they mostly used observation, actually. Uh, and, and so um, Asian medicine is based on observation. So you're looking at the principles of nature and um, the ideas of yin and yang and, um, and um, understanding that they, they, their religion and their philosophy and their medicine were all wrapped into one. They were not at, separated at all. Mm -hmm. And so um, they basically lived and then um, taught others about their methods and one one interesting thing of note is that they never believed in cutting the body so they never did any never did any surgeries or if they did it was very rare and unusual and so they relied on their five senses and i believe that shiatsu or acupressure finger pressure method of healing preceded the use of acupre acupuncture because um, they realized they had so many people that they had to do something that they could um, relieve the exertion of the work that, for the practitioner and also treat many, many people. So if you know anything about acupuncture, the acupuncture is they pop the needles in you and then they leave the room so they can go work on another person and another person. They can have several people going simultaneously. So, of course, there were a lot of things used to activate the pressure points between fingers uh, and um, needles. So that's kind of how it evolved uh, in a very basic kind of uh, rudimentary description, I guess I would say. Okay, well, great. Thank you for that. I personally didn't know that um, acupressure and shiatsu were two different things. And I mean, that well, that they weren't two different things. Or I know that, like you said, there are some differences. But um, I, I had no idea. So I'm so glad to have learned that. And um, I guess what I'd like to touch on next is a little bit about what you feel makes shiatsu unique. Now, we've been really fortunate here on the show to have speakers on from all different types of healing modalities. We've had people on to talk about the benefits of Reiki and um, prenatal massage therapy overall, uh, the benefits on chiropractic, and so all kinds of things. And so what we really like to touch on is what you feel makes this particular modality unique and separate from other modalities that a pregnant woman might want to turn to, and also touching on why they might want to turn and consider this modality during their pregnancy or postpartum period? Well, I, from my experience, um, it's um, 
just in general, it seems to be more comprehensive in terms of comparing it to other forms of body work. If you're trying to compare it to chiropractic or acupuncture, that's another conversation. Um, I don't think that it's a fair comparison because what works for some people doesn't work for, you know, some things don't work for everybody. And it depends a lot on the practitioner as well, who you're working with, how skilled they are. And uh, honestly, personal chemistry is a huge thing. When you're working with somebody on such an intimate level, um, that it is, and personal chemistry is energetics. So that's very important. Uh, how you um, connect with the person has a great deal of influence over how much benefit you're going to be receiving from that modality. So I would say the modality is actually less important than the personal connection that you have with that particular person that you're working with. And I can't emphasize that enough because um, I think in Western medicine, we just tend to accept whoever, whatever, based on other reasons. But um, when you go out of the insurance system, you're really looking at having a deep and, and meaningful connection with a healer that you're choosing to work with, especially if someone is using touch. I think the um, main difference between, um, think, you know, one of the big cutoffs is touch versus not touch. And I think that touch offers um, a level of healing that is um, somewhat mysterious and um, actually goes into uh, more the metaphysical type of experience meaning that it's it's something that we really can't truly understand or explain and seems kind of miraculous in a way too but of course touch is a basic need along with food and um water shelter those basic things touch is a basic need and i would say it's equally as important and nourishing as perhaps food so um comparing to other modalities um it just really depends on what your need is at the time. I personally uh, have worked with people who were trying to get pregnant. Uh, and frankly, a lot of that is um, the inability to relax mm -hmm. so that the body systems can work uh, and function um, optimally uh, and, and synchronize themselves. And I think uh, Shiatsu offers that. Um, it's also mind, body, spirit. You're working in all those different realms. So somebody who is practicing beyond just the technique, which happens a lot. Many, many people only practice the technique. They don't get into the um, mind. Otherwise, conversations about how the five elements correspond to um, psychological states. Um, then... Um, the uh, you know it's more it's more than just the physical body it's the it's the mind um, body and spirit and the spirit of course is is um, the energetics of the body and in in shiatsu we're working primarily with the energetics of the body and this is something that's challenging and difficult for people to understand but the pressure points themselves uh, reside on the meridians which are the energy lines that flow throughout your entire system and connect to the organs themselves. So um, why would somebody want to uh, work with a shiatsu practitioner? Well, all those things I just mentioned, but there are so many benefits for someone who's pregnant that it's 
it's really, um, uh, you know, I, I just want to just uh, read to you some of the things out of one of my favorite books, which is, which is Shiatsu for Midwives by Suzanne Yates, who is out of the UK. And it's, it's quite a comprehensive book. It would be difficult for a lay person to um, actually apply these uh, principles, but at least they would know, such as a doula would know, um, why they might want to recommend uh, someone who does shiatsu. Sure. That being said, there are not very many shiatsu practitioners out there, So, but there are m more now than there used to be. So the benefits for the mother and partner uh, are, would be more likely to tune into her pregnancy and therefore look after herself, pace herself, and prepare for labor can deal with uh, complaints of pregnancy, both major and minor, more in touch with the baby, more able to trust in birth that she can do it, helps mother to cope with the pain, helps promote an easier postnatal recovery, more likely to have a normal labor, can promote a positive relationship with her partner, who can be more involved in the pregnancy, labor, and the postnatal period, promotes long-term health, <clears throat> benefits for the baby, which, by the way, it's very fun and interesting to work with a baby because, of course, when you're working with a mother who's pregnant, you're also working with the baby. But I've also specifically um, worked with the baby by itself and connected with the baby in many wonderful ways. Helps the baby to get a good position for labor, so optimal fetal positioning, which you know is critically important for um, uh, an easier labor, mm -hmm. uh, and, in, and in some cases, a, vag a vaginal delivery. Um, more settled and at ease postnatally, less likely to get distressed in labor, natural support for many childhood diseases, support babies' physical and emotional development, more likely to have a close relationship with the parents. And actually, she goes into benefits for the midwife or the practitioner, whoever it may be. And she's, she's actually written this book geared toward midwives, but of course, doulas do lots of things, um, have have intimate relationships and maybe even more time to do these kinds of things with their clients. It's relaxing to do. You're using hands-on skills, working with the mother, reduces the need to use medical interventions. And um, she, she even goes into benefits uh, for the hospital, but I don't think that really applies here. Um, long-term social benefits, promoting responsibility for health, supports the long-term physical and emotional health of the mother, father, and baby. And it supports the family unit, which is, you know, it's absolutely incredible that um, it has so many benefits and yet so, so few people really know and understand how it works or what it is. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'd like to, to dive a little deeper to kind of clarify some of that for our listeners as well. We've gotten some great information so far on all of the different benefits and the history. So what I'd like to kind of do next is walk our listeners through what somebody might expect if they were to um, seek out shi uh, shiatsu. So I know that there's always that understanding that every practitioner works a little differently. But overall, if there's any big cornerstones or general practices, you know, in terms of um, how long sessions typically last, if there's oh. a consultation, um, you know, and anything like that that might help our listeners to become just a little more at ease with the idea of looking into it, I think would be another great thing to touch on. So what you're saying is a typical, what's a typical session kind of look like? Yeah, yeah, I think that'd be great. Okay. So um, I only do 75-minute sessions. Most people do do uh, an hour or a, a little less. Um 
I do 75 minute sessions because I like to do oriental diagnosis and and to me that's the differentiating factor between someone who does only technique which is merely the um, the physical part of the session where someone is touching you and there's very little talking going on. Um, I like to spend a good 10-15 minutes before the session um, asking questions about what's going on in a person's life and I also touch in on diet, exercise, rest, and relaxation as the cornerstones of health. Because if I'm working with someone, whether it's a couple of times a month, once a month, which once a month is pretty typical for somebody who's in uh, pretty good shape and doing other self-care practices, mm-hmm. um, they still need support for what's going on in the rest of the month. Um, so you're really only looking at 75 minutes out of a month and if so, if my belief is that if you're not working with somebody on those lifestyle choices, then they're not going to make as much progress as they would if they embraced trying to make some changes in, in their choices, making more um, healthy choices for themselves. And, and so you can imagine that um, having a conversation about diet, for instance, is very complicated uh, and or involved. Um, and depending on you know what most people's diets are like, uh, there may be a lot of things that they might want to look at changing there. Mm-hmm. Sleep um, is is a huge has a huge impact on people, and um, they often are um, not getting enough or a good quality sleep. So we work on that as well. And um, exercise or just moving the body and our bodies were meant to be moved so we talk about those things too so um we laugh we talk about well okay self-care could be a part-time job if you really put a lot of effort Mm -hmm. into it and it really does take time to take care of our body mind spirit so how much time is up to you and people mostly feel they don't have a lot of time until maybe they're going into retirement or something like that especially young mothers who are trying to raise children and work at the same time. They they find uh, they have precious little time for self care, but it's still very very important. So, person comes in, um, and they you know whatever they tell me is what uh, I start gathering information. I start um, synthesizing that and putting it into what is called the five element chart. So. Um, I'm looking at um, the meridians and how they correspond with what's going on and what they're telling me. And it's really quite fascinating and it works really very well. It's it's um, sometimes surprising when I ask people certain things, they say, how did you know that? And I said, well, you sort of told me, but mm-hmm. I put it all together and give it back as feedback. Then um, a person is lying on the mat on the floor with me and that's one way you can tell a traditional uh, shiatsu practitioner from one who is not a traditional shiatsu practitioner. Many people say they can do shiatsu and they practice on a table. I don't think that's traditional shiatsu. It has value of course but just not as much. Um, So then I'm working on a person lying face down, face up, seated, sometimes in side position for pregnant mothers. I'm only who are quite far along, I'm only working on them in inside position because obviously you don't want um, uh, to be laying on your uh, stomach and lying on your back can be very uncomfortable and um, cut off your circulation and of course circulation to the baby so you don't want that happening. Um, the um, 
session for a pregnant mother is basically in side position. There's there's not another lot, uh, not a, not other options for going into different positions. But I wanted to mention that for people who are not necessarily pregnant. Um, and um, then I'm using fingers, thumbs, forearms, elbows, knees, sometimes feet. And actually, the person is dressed. I forgot to mention that. You're dressed in loose, comfortable clothes. And so I'm actually moving a person. And, I, and sometimes people call it lazy man's yoga because I do a lot of stretching and rotation as well. And people really appreciate that. Um, people really also un underestimate and, and um, don't really realize the benefits of stretching in and of itself. But having somebody stretch you is also very fun and enjoyable. And the, the deep palming uh, pressure, um, which is the main technique, the deep, uh, slow pressure uh, on the meridians or the pressure points is the basic, um, uh, you know, the basic technique of the work. Now, for the, for the theory, I'm looking at um, where's the lowest energy meridian, where's the highest energy meridian. And I'm trying to bring those into balance because... There are 14 meridians in the body. We want them to all be flowing like a river because they really are all connected even though we, we name them separately. They're all connected and they all influence one another. And they all fit into the five elements, which are metal, earth, fire, water, and wood. And all the organ systems fit into those categories. And it's really quite an amazing system. I, I never uh, cease to be impressed with the ingenuity and the beauty of um, how it works and the fact that it's lasted for so long I think is a testimony to the strength of the system and so you know people basically want to feel better and when you're pregnant I remember when I was pregnant I felt like a beached whale a lot of the time and especially in the third trimester I just went to get regular massage I felt so much better so much better and um, and I think, of course, I'm biased, but I think shiatsu is uh, more comprehensive than therapeutic massage. But, of course, they all have their value and they all have their place. So I encourage body work of any kind uh, for pregnancy just because um, your body is going through a tremendous amount of change. It's going through a tremendous amount of stress. And um, creating another human being is no small thing. If you think about it in that light, um, and you are amazed at how well it turns out in spite of the chances for things to basically go wrong, um, it's nothing short of miraculous, really. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for outlining that and what that experience can be like for our listeners. Something that I forgot to touch back on when we mentioned the benefits that I'd like to take a moment to go back to is to um, take a minute to outline whether there are any special considerations or even contraindications that clients should consider before um, going through shiatsu. Now, sometimes these aren't as extreme or... Um, <clears throat> Or, yeah, I guess extreme as we think they are. I, I know we had an interview on Reiki and just something to be considerate of was that you may experience an emotional trigger, you know, and that may just maybe something that could be unexpected for some of our some of our listeners and someone who might be attending. So I'm just curious as to whether or not there are any any special considerations that someone would want to consider before seeking shiatsu care. Um 
for pregnancy, there's something called the 21 forbidden pregnancy points. Mm-hmm. And the, the concern is that you could actually start labor um, inadvertently. So I think it's a good idea to be aware of those. But uh, I talked to my friends who do um, labor and delivery acupuncture, and they said they've tried to stimulate labor for people who are going um, past due. And she said basically that the body isn't going to do anything unless it's ready to do it. Mm-hmm. But of course, um, you know, we live live in a litigious society. So there are many um, actual body workers who won't even work on anyone in the first uh, trimester because they're afraid that the person's going to have a miscarriage and then blame them for it. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, um, in in ancient times, uh, they they took strong herbs to see if they could flush the fetus, and if they didn't, then it was considered strong enough to survive. And so it's a little bit different attitude than we have about miscarriage. Mm-hmm. Of course, back then too, they were having many many pregnancies, and we only have one or two nowadays. Yeah. Most people, anyway. I mean, I know there's some people who do more, but that's pretty much typical. Um, so the, the the forbidden pregnancy points might be something that you want to learn about if you are uh, going to be doing pressure points on your clients as a doula, um, just to be aware of them. Um, I wouldn't be too concerned because more than likely you're not really going to know how to move much energy in the first place. Um, some simple some simple things, um, gentle uh, work versus uh, very strong pressure, e- even using the points uh, individually, is going to be probably recommended. Um, the uh, the the chances of you doing anything would be very rare, but again, you know you don't want to be blamed for something that you didn't necessarily cause. Uh, and so I think really, other than the, you know, being in the position and, you know, paying attention to your body and, and knowing that it's uh, comfortable uh, will guide you. It's, um, it's uh, I'd say I'd be more concerned about forcing the body through acupuncture and herbs to become fertile and to conceive uh, versus um, actually receiving body work. But clients don't always listen to you as you know so you just do the best you can with that exactly um something that you mentioned that i'd kind of like to touch on as well you did mention those 21 forbidden pregnancy points is that something that every shiatsu practitioner learns during their training or should our clients be seeking out shiatsu practitioners who um, specifically work with or had additional training in dealing with women during the pregnancy and postpartum periods I think every person who's taken any shiatsu has probably heard of that. Okay. Um, I, I, uh, I would be amazed if they hadn't. There's, they mention it in almost every book or every, every resource that I've ever seen. And if anything, they're overly cautious, so I wouldn't be mm-hmm. very concerned about that. Um, the, um, it's it's good to be aware of it, just so you know you're not applying really um forceful pressure to those areas 
Okay, okay, that sounds great. Well, thank you so much for touching on those. And what we'd like to do next is take a quick break to get a word in from our sponsors, and then we'll return for the rest of the nitty gritty. Great. Do you want to build a doula business that supports you as well as your clients? If you love being a doula with all of your heart, yet struggle to find clients to grow a thriving business, Babel Mia's Don't Doula It Yourself business trainings and memberships are here to guide you every step of the way. Whether you want trainings on social media, goal setting, marketing, or more, they have trainings that you're going to absolutely love. So visit them at training.babomia.com and click on the pay-per-view tab for a complete list of trainings, including a pretty amazing and free business prep school video series. You can also use the code DEAREST to get 50% off any of the pay-per-view videos or monthly membership. And again, that website was training.babomia.com. Babomia.com and Babomia is spelled B-E-B-O-M-I-A. Are you a doula or childbirth professional who wants to deliver the best experience to your clients? Do you also want to make sure you're being smart about the best ways to run your business? If so, consider joining Your Birth Experience. Their training and curriculum is used nationwide by childbirth professionals who learn how to connect with clients, identify their needs, and equip them for their own unique experience. Participants of Your Birth Experience will also learn valuable branding, sales, marketing, and pricing strategies. They empower you with confidence by combating myths with facts, using simple and effective training techniques, and by getting you the tools and resources you need to make informed decisions. So to learn more about their step-by-step training process at yourbirthexperience.com. And don't forget to use the code DEAREST-DOULA for 10% off your purchase. So, Joanne, next what I'd like to do is touch on really the heart and soul of our topic today. And so if our listeners were to walk away with just one or two key points about the history and benefits of shiatsu for our clients, what would you hope that those points are? Well, I think that, um, you know, you can actually do quite a lot without much training. Um, You don't have to have a, you know, like professional Necessarily, there it was intended and created by uh, families and handed down through a lineage of grandmothers. And the grandmothers taught the children. The children learned when they were very young how to use pressure points for health and well-being. And um, it was really gratifying for me to go to Asian cultures and see people actually utilizing those pressure points, say on the subway even today. Mm-hmm. So. They're very effective. They're very worth looking into. And you don't have to even take a class. You can actually get a book and or look, you know, go on YouTube today, which is what most people do, and learn about these um, um, techniques. And for doulas, um, teaching their clients how to do the easy labor points in the sacrum, which is the lower back area um, in the divots of the... Um, um, the sacrum and on the outside of the actual bony landmarks, which are very easy to find, you can um, teach your clients how to use those points, but they have to do them on a daily basis, I would say. Probably in the last trimester, um, having the partner uh, do those points on um, the back of the pregnant mother can have a lot of benefits, but of course it, what it's doing is it's loosening and and releasing those ligaments in that area so that it can make room for the baby to come out more easily. 
And I would say those are probably, you know, easiest ones to figure out and to find out how to use. And there are, of course, you know, points for all kinds of things. The thing about it is, is it takes time and effort. And so you have to be willing to put in, uh, if, you're, if you want to make any significant changes in terms of other kinds of symptoms or things that are bothering you while you're pregnant, um, you have to uh, commit to doing it a couple of times a day for three to five minutes, which isn't a lot, uh, but it, you also have to remember to do it. So um, for a lot of people, they, they just don't have the patience. But it's um, also nice to give it to your clients, say a doula giving it to a pregnant mother, showing her how to do that. Because the act of touch is something that is, again, really underestimated and undervalued in our culture. And in fact, I think we live in a touch-averse culture, frankly. Mm -hmm. um, but um, you, can, you can easily pick up these skills uh, by practicing yourself a little bit and learning how to connect with the points. It's not just about pressure, it's about connection with the points. So connecting with that energy and learning how to um, feel what that feels like and knowing when you are connected is really a satisfying and gratifying experience. Awesome. Well, I think that leads perfectly into our next segment, which we like to call putting the do in doulas. So um, if there's any resources that you would personally like to recommend, either online or perhaps books, that birth workers could look into to learn more about this and how to best offer these services to our clients, this would be a great time to share that. Well, I think uh, Shiatsu for Midwives by Suzanne Yates is excellent. It would be an excellent resource for doulas as well. Uh, it's probably the most comprehensive related to um, childbirth mm -hmm. and um, general uh, shiatsu uh, books uh, and resources. Again, acupressure points, potent points book by uh, Michael Reed, um, G-A-C-H, gotch, I guess it is, uh, Guide to Self-Care for Common Ailments. Um, that is specifically uh, showing you uh, you know, based on uh, complaints or symptoms, what pressure points to use. And it uh, has a chapter on um, pregnancy and labor and delivery. And the illustrations are very good and the descriptions are uh, short and easy to understand. And so that's one, a manual that's really easy to use. I think if you want to learn more about shiatsu, the complete illustrated guide to shiatsu, the Japanese healing art of touch for health and fitness, by Elaine um, Lechti, I guess it is, L-I-E-C-H-T-I. Or if you really want to get into the, um, you know, the, the theory of uh, Asian medicine between heaven and earth is a, is a kind of a classic uh, text, a guide to Chinese medicine. Um, those are all, you know, there, there's so many wonderful um, resources and um it's it's very interesting and gratifying to learn these these kinds of things. So it's available to anyone, and it's not really that difficult to understand. So I would encourage people to um, avail themselves of these uh, wonderful techniques and theories. Awesome. Thank you so much for those resources, Joanne. And before we end today, did you happen to have a favorite quote that you could share with our listeners? There's a there's another book that I didn't mention 
that um, is has written by Paul Lundberg, L-U-N-D-B-E-R-G, The Book of Shiatsu, The Complete Guide to Using Hand Pressure and Gentle Manipulation to, to Improve Your Health, Vitality, and Stamina. And I had the wonderful opportunity to have a workshop with him uh, last year. And so the, all, the, all the quotes that uh, are in Paul Lundberg's book are, of course, um, you know, kind of ancient Asian uh, historical figures. So here's one I just popped up with. Empty the heart of everything. Let the mind be at peace. That's Lao Tzu, Tao Te Ching. So... Beautiful. That's the kind of thing you get with Asian medicine. <laughs> that sounds great. Well, thank you so much, Joanne, for sharing all of your insights and all these amazing resources for the Dearest Dula community. We'll be able to find links to everything of value that you mentioned on today's show by going to dearestdula.com, clicking the podcast button, and finding this episode in the show notes pages, or by simply typing shiatsu, which is spelled S-H-I-A-T-S-U in the search bar to have this episode's show notes page pop right up. Joanne, what I'd love to do is have you wrap up our episode today by sharing a little bit more about you and the best way we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. Oh, that sounds great. Um, my website is birthlink.com, and for the shiatsu part of it, it's under life seasons on the upper menu bar. And so there's uh, frequently asked questions, there's um, information about um, my practice and how you can get a hold of me. Um, I am actually located now in the Madison area, uh, and so that would be Wisconsin. And um, I'm, uh, you know, so for people who want hands-on information, that's how you find me. And my, my email actually is directly connected off the website. So um, you're welcome to email. Uh, and uh, the phone number is there too. So <laughs> I'm readily available for people who have questions or want to know information. You can find Shiatsu practitioners through... Um, the national uh, organization, um, AOBTA, I can never think of what the letters stand for, um, Asian Body Work something, but there, <laughs> there's a zip code finder in there. And so um, you can figure out also by asking people how many hours of training they have, they should have a minimum of 500 hours of training, maybe to 1,000. And that would give you an idea that the person is fairly skilled. So if they took a 35-hour class, maybe not so much. Yeah. <laughs> so that would be a help in terms of how to guide your clients in, um, in terms of uh, referring them to uh, people who are shiatsu practitioners. And I would say receive from them first before you uh, are willing to refer to anybody so that you know who you're referring to and, and whether they're really good or not. So um, it's a good idea to have a session with someone, no matter what you're referring to, before you suggest that they work with other people, in my opinion. So that's it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for those words of advice. And again, the Dearest Dula community sends you a big thank you and a warm hug. And thanks to your interview today, we're all now one step closer to being connected, educated, and empowered. So we hope you have a great day. Thanks so much.